Good evening, fans. Tim Kittrow here, the voice of NBA Jam. And you're listening to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by CodeWritePlay.com. Whoa, boom shakalaka. My mom gave birth in 1985. I was bluer than a Pac-Man ghost, barely alive. In the cold world, my only blanket was Tetris. I played Rampart with Reagan Rampage, the world for breakfast. The laundry mat was my sanctuary. Hey, everybody. Todd here. Welcome back to Game Dev Breakdown. Hope everyone's doing great, ready for some holiday breaks. The uh, title of this episode, yes, coding is hard. It's something I never thought I would need to address, but here we go. Yesterday, a pretty prominent person on Twitter in the development world, who is a apparently a former attorney, now a software developer who is transitioning out to do something else, put up what I would describe as a rant about coding, and I'm going to read you just the first post, and I don't want to give this person a ton of exposure because, uh, well, it's a, it is a prominent person who has many thousands of followers, and I was surprised by the content. So here's the first tweet, and uh, this is spreading like wildfire. So I would just like to, to add some commentary to it. The, the post says this. So I'm probably going to alienate some tech folks by saying this, but I'd like to counter a prevalent narrative. Uh-huh. If coding were such an elite and difficult skill, there wouldn't be a market for code schools slash boot camps that can teach it. You don't see boot camps for doctors. Wah, wah. Okay, fine. <laughs> so this person goes on to rant for some, some time, and uh, as people sort of challenge that in, in the thread, she <laughs> basically goes, uh, nope, this is all right, I'm correct, you're wrong, end of story. So... Since there's no point in discussing it with her, I would just like to add my own thoughts. So as we sometimes do here on Game Dev Breakdown, we're going to walk back through this bit by bit and really examine this. So here we go. It begins. So I'm probably going to alienate some tech folks by saying this, but I'd like to counter a prevalent narrative. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. This is a stupid argument strategy in which you preemptively declare, this is going to make people mad. Uh, the idea being when people point out you're factually incorrect or logically inconsistent, you're supposed to be stupid enough to go, oh, she was right. Look how mad everyone got. <laughs> just uh, just wanted to throw that in. If coding were such an elite and difficult skill, there wouldn't be a market for code schools slash boot camps that can teach it. Interesting take. So the truth is, code schools are not entirely successful in teaching people to code in the first place. They're also not super great at preparing them for a career in software. Forbes ran an article on the issues with code camps in which the author talks about a survey that reported over 76% of for-profit code school students already had a bachelor's degree or higher, and code schools have failure rates as high as 33%. That's one in three students with at least four years of higher education that drops out. Forbes goes on to say that even successful code school students need to understand that, quote, coder is not a job. And that's true. Uh, the real target job titles for people who learn computer programming are most often software engineer, software developer, or programmer. Sounds the same, right? But there's a lot more to it. The requirements for these roles, Forbes says, vary among employers and individual positions and may call for sophisticated or specialized skills such as knowledge of advanced mathematics, specific and often proprietary tools or subject matter knowledge relevant to a particular industry. All very true. If you think you're just going to learn, like, 
God help you if if you just go like, I know C sharp and you're going to just run and grab. First of all, I would challenge anyone to show me a job listing that only asks for C sharp or whatever they took time to teach you in code camp. You show me the job listing that says we just need someone with C sharp, no specific degree required, no industry experience required. Just if you're good at C sharp, here you go. Here's your hundred thousand dollars a year. That's not real. I would also challenge you to examine why we have code camps. Uh, this person seems to think because code's so fucking easy to teach, we have code camps. You can just whip through on a long weekend and you're a magical coder. That's not reality. The reality is, even at the official higher education level, people struggle. People seriously struggle with computer science uh, in the uh, shorter term. I went to a tech school. I went to a two-year tech school that teaches programming uh, skills specifically, though we covered many other practices. Uh, it was far from just language. But I started with 45 people in my in my class of students, and at graduation, three, three of us walked. That was it. I've told that story here before. If you think it's not hard, I don't know what to tell you. That's ridiculous. We're going to talk about this person's motivation here later, but let's talk about university level for a minute. I was able, when I was looking around at this, I found one code school that in their own advertising quotes an article from the Trinity Times at the University of Dublin that said non-progression rates, and when I say that I mean dropouts, failure, and transfer outs, sit at 28% in the computer science program and 50% for computer science and language. This is at a school with a dedicated programming center that's established to help students with their work. Where in one of the articles, the person who runs it says they have to keep a steady supply of tissues on hand. And they're not joking because students routinely get frustrated to the point of tears. It's not difficult. Lecturers at the school say that while most people could learn coding, they commonly see students lacking the proper motivation to overcome the difficulties of the skill. Uh, you don't hear people say that about easy stuff. I could learn to play solitaire, but I lacked the proper motivation. Okay, well... I don't know what to tell you. This person's motivation for saying this, it's its kind of an odd thing. For one thing, code camps were created to uh, pull more people into the field because we need more people in the field. We need diversity in the field. That's absolutely true. We need every every conceivable kind of help in the field that we can get. And I don't know a lot of people. I mean, if you look at Stack Overflow, everyone's an asshole. I'm sorry, That's that's the truth. That's everybody flexing their own muscles. Everybody uh, wants to scrap verbally and intellectually. But out in the real world, I don't see... I've worked many places. I've got a 15-plus year software career going for me. I've been part of many teams. And while there are always going to be elitist coders, they're elitist in the sense that they want to be the best. That's a good thing. It's not good to be an asshole to the people around you. But it's good to strive to be the best you can be. And even to compete with the people around you. There's really nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. Competition makes everyone better who's participating. That's, I mean, fine. We're going to talk about, <laughs> we're going to talk about our comparison to doctors later. You think doctors aren't striving to be the best? You think doctors aren't competing with themselves and the people around them and the people who came before them and the ones who will come after? You're out of your mind if you don't believe that. Medicine is the most competitive field you can get into and we need that to be the case. We need elitist doctors. We want elitist doctors. So it doesn't make sense to go, oh, this elitist attitude. Now, the person who was putting this rant is known for uh, 
liberal feminism causes and such, and that's fine. That's good. We need people speaking up for those causes, too. However, I don't agree that we have a big problem in software where male coders are going, we need women out of here. I've never seen that in the workplace. I haven't. And you could make the argument that, well, you wouldn't see it because it's happening behind your back. Um, I never hear about it. That's the truth. Like, we're always glad for good coders. One of my last development managers was a woman. I never thought a weird thing about it. She was a complete badass. I thought she was pretty mean. Like, <laughs> But I've thought that about lots of managers before. It doesn't matter. It is about skills and capability and how a person shares knowledge and how they participate in the team. I don't look at software as a particularly uninviting place. For one thing, people involved in the field have created all of these things like Code Camp and Hour of Code and all of these academies and stuff. The, the truth is we're trying to bring in everyone we can. She closes by saying, you don't see boot camps for doctors. Well, here's a story. When I was in the middle of my 15-year-plus software career, I was uh, contracting for the U.S. Department of Defense via the Air Force here in the Midwest. Uh, my work usually required me to be on-site at an Air Force base, which uh, I'm here to tell you sounds cool. It was a giant pain in the ass. That was always a pain in the ass. The government is so tied up with its own rules and regulations, it is effectively paralyzed. Read Catch-22 sometime if you have it, or just read the first couple of chapters. It's a funny book, unless you've done that kind of work, in which case it makes you cringe. It, it seems way too real. Anyway, I had been working in the same building for a while when they put out an annual call for volunteers to be trained in CPR and uh, use the AED machine, which is a defibrillator that you can use if somebody has a heart attack in front of you and their heart stops, right? So that's kind of a big deal. So, like, no one on my floor volunteered for this. And this building had these on every floor. So <laughs> the idea is if you drop effectively dead of a heart attack and your heart stops and you're laying on the floor, they want someone nearby to be able to pull this thing off the wall, shove the patches on you, and, and it shocks you back to life while the first responders are on their way. So, like, nobody on my floor volunteered and nobody was trained either. So, like, if they die, they die. I was, uh, I was dating the woman who is now my wife while she was in medical residency at a hospital here in St. Louis. So uh, this came up in conversation. I said I was thinking about volunteering, and she said, you should. There are certain situations where I might be required to help somebody in public, and if you were trained in some of this first aid stuff, like I could instruct you on what to do to like help me at the site of a crash or an accident or something. And I thought, yeah, that's badass. I would love to, you know feel like I wasn't powerless in that situation. So uh, I sent an email to the guy who put out the call and said, uh, hey, I'm one of your contractors here on the third floor, and I would like to volunteer. I'll go through this training, and I'll be on this list in case there's an emergency. Right away, like too soon that that person couldn't have possibly checked in with anybody or anything, he says, sorry, you're a contractor. We're not going to train you. And I said, right. I would certainly expect that you would give preference to a non-contractor, but no one else signed up, so I would be the only person. And he says, sorry, nothing I can do. <laughs> so, I didn't push the issue, but like, don't apologize to me. I'm offering to save your fucking life if something goes wrong, and you're too ridiculous to let me. This is what working for the government is like. I told my wife about this, and she goes, uh, I mean, she was stunned by this story too, but uh, she goes, if you're interested anyway, just do it through the Red Cross. And I said, uh, you're right, screw these guys. I still want these skills. I still want to help help somebody if something goes wrong. So in like no time, I signed up to go sit in a room at the same uh, 
oddly enough, it was the same YMCA that I used to swim at as a kid with like four other, four or five other people. We sat in this room and go through this training. There was a real nice guy who volunteered to teach the course, I guess. And uh, I got a certificate. It's probably not good anymore, but I can still probably save your life if the situation arose. So uh, <laughs> I effectively went through a medical boot camp. Imagine that, right? Uh, the point of this story is the person's own closing statement, you don't have boot camps for doctors, uh, it's not only wrong, it points out how bad her argument is. There are all kinds of short training programs in the medical field, from life support to nursing programs. None of them makes you a doctor. There may be exceptions to this that you've heard of, and you can let me know, but I'm, I'm betting if you took a typical high school graduate, ran them through your eight-week code camp, and told them, great work, now go get a job, they would probably struggle to get employed. Because that's not really a full-on software developer at that point. Not to say you shouldn't do it. But if you took that person and threw them out in the wild, they'd probably still be in trouble. Because it's a big field with specialized skills and requires many kinds of knowledge. And if they did get employed in that situation, they would probably still struggle quite a bit on the job. I don't say any of this to discourage people from trying or getting started. This podcast is skewed heavily towards beginners. I don't have to do that. I could spend all my time strictly talking about upcoming Unity features for professionals and stuff like that. There are ways I could do that. I don't want to do that. I want this to be an approachable thing because I do want people to get involved in this. Everybody has a game in them. Everyone has software in them. And the, the sooner we get those things out into the world, the better world we have. I, I strongly believe that. I usually do at least one hour of code event per year, so, uh, average of one, I would say. Uh, and I go talk to classrooms. I try to get kids interested in the field. I explain that like this is approachable, but you have to love it and you have to love it soon. I fell in love with the idea of learning this stuff when I was about 13, drug my ass to the library by walking across town to get there. I found every book I could on the topic Checked them out, learned everything I could, took them back, checked other ones out, went to other libraries. Like, I was mostly self-taught. I took every class I could in high school as the chance arose and then went off to tech school. Like, you do have to be, I do believe almost anyone can learn this stuff, but you do have to be properly motivated because, <laughs> now, now what would be the reason for that? Because it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not impossible, but it's a challenge. So I don't think the person's argument that it's easy, everyone should be doing it, and the reason more people don't do it is because you guys are assholes. I don't believe that. That's not true. My buddy Ray just hit me on Facebook Messenger to say, Chuck Wagon soon. That's the uh, local restaurant we always talk about when he's on the show. I'm going to get back to him. Two things can be true. Software development can be fucking difficult, and it is. I'm a reasonably smart guy, but not far above average at all. Like, I'm a capable guy who was motivated. Two things can be true. Software development can be difficult, and almost anyone can do it. Those things are both true. So I didn't say this to discourage people. You just have to be invested in it, and you have to bring your A-game. And you shouldn't go into it thinking that the other people there are trying to hold you out. It's not true. It's usually not true. I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are terrible jobs where people are trying to, to hold people out. Go to a different job. It's going to be a bad job. I've had people try to hold me out. I was I worked for a subsidiary of Network Solutions for three years, and for three fucking years, I did QA and search engine optimization stuff 
with a degree in programming and I could not break into the programming team there. I would email the guy who ran the, the programming department and he wouldn't even fucking answer me. But many, many employers and many, many companies and teams you could join don't have that at all. It's true. And part of this is you have to find the right place to work. You just do. You can't force every every employment opportunity to be great. It's not realistic. So if you find the right team and evaluate the places you could work and you find the right one, you're set. Really, like then you can learn the job, you can do the job, and life is great. I think more people should do coding, should know coding, if they want to work in it or not. It's just a great, it's it's a great skill set to have. It's awesome. I don't disagree that anybody could learn it. I think everyone should try, and the rest is up to you. Since I'm sharing thoughts on this, here's one more story about how ridiculous the government is, because I I sort of planned out what I was going to talk about for this episode, so I would not normally bring up government stuff because it's a bad idea, because I have a clearance, and uh, you know a lot of stuff is off-limits to talk about. But I'm confident I can talk about this. So I worked in a server room at one point. And that was the place that this story happened. But uh, so I'm in the server room, right? So one time the ceiling starts leaking like overnight. It was a pretty good leak. I mean, dripping like probably twice a second. Like it's a pretty good leak coming down. I come in one morning. Water is dripping steadily into a trash can pretty close to my desk. Like I didn't feel the water, but if it if it got high enough, I would have felt the splash. I casually say to the guy who runs the server room, I'm like, hey, man, this uh, sucks to see the, the roof is leaking. Uh, when you think they'll be able to fix that? <laughs> and he says to me, just he's not kidding, just matter of factly, he goes, uh, they're not approving a fix because they're worried that if they fix this one, another leak might start in a worse location, like over a server rack or something. I shit you not, they didn't fix the leak. It's probably still leaking today. If you ever saw that episode, this is obscure, but if you ever saw that episode of 30 Rock, where uh, Jack Donaghy is briefly working for the government with uh, Matthew Broderick's character. <laughs> this same thing happens. I couldn't believe it when I watched this because it was after it happened to me. There's a steady leak in this room and <laughs> Jack Donaghy goes, the the roof is leaking. And Matthew Broderick's character goes, no, it's not. We did a study. <laughs> the study came back that it's not leaking. That, that sort of stuff really happens. It's incredible. I knew a guy who, uh, this is my last one. I, I knew a guy who works uh, as a federal employee who <laughs> watched two guys. Um, no, he wasn't. He wasn't there. That was the the gist of it. Two people were carrying a heavy piece of equipment, which they dropped and it broke. So they had to fill out this report, right? And there was this section that had to be filled out by a witness to the event. <laughs> And uh, the only other person in the room was a contractor, so they couldn't couldn't fill out the form because a contractor wasn't allowed to uh, be a witness. So he was the witness, but he wasn't allowed to be a witness, so they couldn't fill the form out. (laughs) I should write the the spiritual successor to Catch-22. Maybe that's my calling in life. Okay, that's all I got. My whole point of bringing this up is, yes, anyone could code. It's going to take a big commitment. It's not easy, and people who are telling you it's easy are lying to you. Uh, and they're lying to you so it makes their agenda look better, like, all these men are assholes. Like, I, come on. I don't I don't treat women that way. I don't treat anyone that way. And I, I find a lot more people like me in the workplace than I do, like, what you're talking about. So um, there are definitely assholes out there. Watch out for them. 
And if if uh, you find a place infiltrated with terrible strategy and terrible mindset, move on. Find a different place to work. We have to do it all the time. I've left places because of reasons like that. It's it's real. Vote with your feet, but know that you can do it. It's not about you. It's about them. If they want to be the right place to work, that's great. If they don't, don't don't sit around trying to force them to be the right place to work. Just leave. Just go somewhere else. There are plenty, plenty of coding jobs, plenty of software jobs. No big deal. If you enjoyed the Game Dev Breakdown podcast, I would love to have you subscribe, review it, share it with a friend. Any of that's great. Love hearing from you all. Uh, let me know how you enjoy the show. Let me know stuff you'd like to hear about in the news, stuff in games. Love hearing what's on people's minds. So I'm doing that all the time. I'll have guests come in soon. It's rough over the holidays. People are doing different things, but uh, we will definitely do more of that soon. And uh, that's all I got for you. Take care. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, the next episode I do will be Patreon exclusive for the uh, patrons over at patreon.com slash play. And uh, that's it. I will talk to you guys soon. 